Well, I was scheduled to be off this Sunday uh, with my family, and as the things were just uh, escalating this week, I just felt I really wanted to and really needed to be here in this critical moment that you uh, would hear just the word of the Lord that God is speaking to my heart uh, for our church, for our city, uh, for our nation and our world. And I do believe I have a word from the Lord. It's been a, it's been a while since I've been up at 11 or 12 o'clock at night <laughs> uh, working on a message because I wasn't preparing to preach and I didn't pull out. I've been preaching for, I don't know, for 25 years. So I've got some oldies, but some goodies in the, in, in, in the, in the shelf. But I really just felt God speaking some things to my heart that I want to share with you uh, uh, today at all of our locations. And I want to stay in our series encounter and I want to talk to you for a few moments about encountering God during difficult times, encountering God during difficult times. And I think all of us could say, wow, what a crazy time in the United States and around the world. Uh, you just think about all that's transpiring, even over the, just the last week, you know, there's the, the coronavirus and uh, stock markets around the world crashing, the NBA season suspended, the NCAA basketball tournament canceled, the PGA golf tournament canceled, schools closing around uh, the nation, all prices dropped, businesses are some having an economic downturn, the United States government government declared a national emergency. The World Health Organization declared the coronavirus an official global pandemic. And on top of all of this, there's a shortage of toilet paper. I'm trying to figure out how a virus that causes some upper respiratory issues is causing us to have a toilet paper shortage. I had one of my, my staff members tell me that they were looking on Amazon for toilet paper and said that they saw on Amazon that there were 24 rolls of toilet paper uh, for, 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 for sale for $96. Are you kidding me? And, and, and how, how many of you, how many of you, uh, shop at CVS or Walgreens sometime? Anybody ever? Anybody ever? You know, I, I, I shop there and, you know, I've got a family of six. And so it takes a lot of toilet paper to come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Six. Some of you got a large family. They take a lot of toilet. Listen, if you have bought a hundred rolls of toilet paper, could you take it back to the store? Some of it so my family can have some toilet paper, please. You don't need that many rolls. We're going to have plenty of toilet paper. Don't get it all at once. And, you know, at CVS, you buy one thing. I, I bought, I've done this. I bought one piece, one stack of gum or one package of gum before. And whenever you buy anything at CVS, you get a receipt that's like 12 miles long. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So you buy one piece of gum and you get this long receipt. And that's what I'm having to use for toilet paper because of some of you. Check this out. I mean, this was, I mean, I mean come on, take the toilet paper back. Take the toilet paper back. Well, you know, I've got to create a little humor uh, as I dive into God's word today. But I do want you to think about for the next few moments, what do you do when we find ourselves in uncertain times? 
How should we respond in a world where many are facing fears and crisis, panic, and trials? What is our response as followers of Jesus Christ? And I want to preach for the next few moments out of Acts chapter 16 and verses 16 through verse number 40 for the next few moments. And I know in Indianapolis last week, Pastor Joseph actually preached from this portion of scripture, but I'm preaching an entire entirely different message that God laid on my heart in regards to this portion of scripture. If you're not familiar with this portion of scripture, a, a lady had an evil spirit and, and she was actually because of this evil spirit could predict the future. And the Bible says she was a slave and her, her owners were, were leveraging this fortune telling to make a ton of money from this lady. And this lady was following Paul and Silas around for several days and she was shouting, these men are the servants of the most high God and telling you how to be saved. I mean, just every day following him, shouting, these men are servants of the most high God telling you how to be saved. And Paul just got fed up of this lady following them and screaming every day. So one day he turned around and he cast the evil spirit out of the lady. And her owners were mad. They were frustrated that, that they, they lost a way to make an income because this lady no longer had this evil spirit. And so they found Paul and Silas. And the Bible says they actually dragged them in front of the authorities. The scripture says they stripped them of their clothes and then they began to beat them with rods. I mean, they were beating them, scripture lets us know, severely. I mean, they're, they're, they're bruised, they, they have wounds, they're, they're bleeding, no doubt their internal organs are being damaged. No, it, It's a very likely a bone or two was broken and after beating them severely, then they dragged them to the prison and scripture says they put them in the inner cell where it was dark and cold and the bible says they chained them they shackled their legs in the prison how many of you would agree with me that's a bad day that's a that's a bad day that's a difficult season and i want us to look at this story today because these men teach us how to respond during a difficult time in life. And I want us to look at four right responses during difficult times. Four right responses during difficult times. And I, I, I took my time in how I worded that because I want you to understand there are wrong responses. So there are right responses and there are wrong responses during a difficult time. And I want us to look at four right responses from Paul and Silas who are going through a difficult season in life. The first right response is choose faith over fear. Choose faith over fear. In Acts 16 verse 25, it says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Come on at all of our locations. Everybody just say to God. 
that they were singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Paul and Silas chose to focus on God in a difficult season. And I want you to know it would have been really easy for them to focus on on fear. It would have been really easy for them to focus on their difficulties, to focus on their circumstances. They could have spent all of their time in that prison that night talking about their challenges and talking about their beating and talking about their suffering and talking about why is this so unfair. They could have spent all their time focused on the difficulties and if they would have done that their hearts would have been filled with fear because what you feed grows and what you starve dies in people's church you can easily get consumed with the headlines of the day there's so much bad news today and you can allow yourself to get consumed and your heart just filled and your mind just filled and overwhelmed with all the news of the day and if you do that your heart will be filled with fear but you have another decision. You can be choose to be consumed and filled with the promises of God. I want to encourage you to stay informed. It's wisdom to stay informed. Thank God he gave us a mind. He gave us a brain that we can stay informed of what's happening. But there's a difference between staying informed and being consumed by the headlines of the day. Don't you be consumed. Don't let your mind and heart be consumed. Consume yourself with God's word. Fill yourself full of the word of God. And the Bible promises us. That God will help us live a life of faith instead of a life of fear if we'll lean into God's word. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and so does fear. Depends on what you're hearing. Depends on what you're feeding your mind on. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? Hearing by the word of God. If you're going to choose faith over fear, you must fill yourself with God's word. Feed your faith and starve your fear by consuming the word of the Lord. Let, let me just share with you some of the promises I'm consuming my mind with. Some of the promises I'm meditating on in this season. Psalm chapter 91 and verse 1 says this. Oh, it's a promise you ought to meditate on in this season. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save me from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. Oh, do you believe the word of God today, church? He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear. I want you to catch that. If you dwell in the shelter of the Most High, you will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the dark darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Why? Because we're under God's covering. He will protect us. I'm saying you got to meditate. You got to get filled up. You got to
to get consumed with the promises of God. I'm trusting the headline of God's word. Verse 9 says this in Psalm 91. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near you, near your tent. And the Bible is not telling us not to use our brains. But the Bible is telling us, trust in the Lord. I love what Pastor Scotty said. I'm using sanitizer because you know I'm a germaphobe. I got it everywhere. I got sanitizer you know not of. (laughs) But I'm not trusting in my sanitizer. I'm trusting in the Lord. I'm leaning on the Lord. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. I'm standing on the promises of God. I love what the psalmist said in Psalms 46 and verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, therefore, we will not fear We will not. We are people of faith, not of fear. We're not going to be consumed with the things of this world. Our our minds and hearts are anchored in the word of God, and therefore we will not fear. We're trusting God, though the earth give way and the mountains fall in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and, and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. We will not fear. Faith over fear. There's a wrong response. And that's to be consumed with the headlines and start living by fear versus being consumed with God's word and trusting the Lord and living a life by faith in the son of God. Number two is this. Number two is this. I want you to see a a second right response, and that is choose prayer over panic. Choose prayer over panic. Acts 16 verse 25 says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. I love this. Paul and Silas decided to pray instead of panic. And it's easy to go into panic mode during difficult times, during uncertain times. Panic about the uh, coronavirus. Panic about the economic times that we're in. Panic, some people panicking maybe over a child who's, who's away from the Lord. Or, 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 or you're panicking about a loss of a job. Or, or, or you're panicking about a situation in your finances. Or you're panicking about a situation in your family. It's easy to go into panic mode instead of into prayer mode and i want to remind you that no matter the difficulties we face in life we must learn to pray instead of panic many of you know this famous scripture if you're new with us today you're new to church today you may not be familiar with this but it'll bring hope to your heart philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 says do not be anxious about anything now you got to hear that do not be anxious about anything. Don't, don't be, have anxiety. Don't have stress about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, ask yourself this question. Have I prayed at least one third as much as I've talked about the coronavirus this week? But in every situation, by prayer and petition, pray, don't panic with thanksgiving present your request to god 
And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Did you realize this, church? Did you realize it's possible for you to have peace in the midst of trying times? It's possible for you to have peace with this subject of the coronavirus and everything happening in our world. It's possible for the peace of God to guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I just want you to know this about your pastor. I have peace. I have peace. You say, Pastor, why? Because I'm praying. And when you pray and you look to the Lord, he will fill your heart with peace. I'm not walking around society. That's not me. That's not your pastor. I'm a calming presence. I got peace because I'm serving the peacemaker. I'm leaning on the Lord and he's filling my heart with peace and I have a confidence that the same God that saw us through everything else throughout history will see us through this season. God is faithful. The same God that got people through the pandemic of leprosy in the 11th century will get us through this. The same God that helped people back with the Black Death in 1350 or the Columbian Exchange in 1492, which included smallpox, measles, and the bubonic plague. The same God that saw people through the Great Plague of London in 1665. And the same God that that saw people through the first cholera pandemic in 1817 and the third bubonic plague in 1850 and the Fiji measles in 1875 and the Russian flu in 1889 and the Spanish flu in 1918 and the Asian flu in 1957 and HIV AIDS in 1981 the same God that saw us through all of that will see us through this he's faithful he's faithful pray don't panic pray Don't panic. God will fill your heart with his peace. John chapter 16, verse 33, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said, I've told you these things so that in me, pray, in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble because Adam and Eve ate from that tree and sin ushered into our world. And nothing works in the way that we would like it to. Whether human relationships, whether it's what's happening in our world and sin and chaos or sickness and disease, Jesus didn't promise us a world full of trouble. People go, where's God? Where's God? God said, listen, listen, listen. Jesus said, listen, listen. That in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have over." Come the world and in Jesus you can have peace no matter what happens pray don't panic pray don't panic Romans chapter 15 verse 13 may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him as you pray as you lean on the Lord so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit pray don't panic pray don't panic pray don't panic people's church God's got this Number three is this. There's, 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 there's a third right choice, and that is choose worship over worry. Choose worship over worry. Notice this. Acts 16, verse 25. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Singing hymns. 
think about this. It sounds crazy. After being beaten severely, bleeding, wounded, hurting, in the inner prison where it's dark, chained on your legs, can't move, can't walk, can't move around. And the Bible says at the midnight hour, come on, you're tired, you've been beaten, it's a good time to sleep. But these two, it's an amazing scripture when you think about it. These two brothers began to worship. They chose worship over worry. And here's what the scripture says. When they worship God, the Bible says the chains fell off their legs and the prison doors opened. Because of what I want you to understand is that worship works. Worship works. We cannot let worry win. And right now, worry, let me tell you about worry. Worry is looking for a crack in your life. Worry is looking for a crevice in your life to come in and to penetrate your mind and your heart and to cause you just to worry, to bite your fingernails, to pull out your hair. Worry is looking, I'm worried about the uh, coronavirus. I'm worried about the economy. I'm worried about the stock market. I'm worried about the future. And worry wants to creep into your heart and life in this season. Don't worry. Worship. Because worry never works. It never works. It's useless to worry. Jesus said this about worry in Luke chapter 12 and verse 25. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest as though your worry works? Jesus lets us know. He says, gang, don't worry. It's useless. It does not work. And people church don't worry because God is still in control. And Paul and Silas going through the most, one of the most difficult times in their, li- in, it, in their lives and they're sitting in that prison cell have done nothing wrong. It was unfair, but they worshiped instead of worry. They worshiped instead of worry. And I want to tell you, worship, don't worry. Worship, don't worry. Worship, don't worry. I love what the psalmist says in Psalm chapter 34 and verse number one. He says, I will bless the Lord in good times. That's not what it says. I will bless the Lord if everything is going my way. I will bless the Lord when the coronavirus is finally gone. That's not what your Bible says. The psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And we've got to be a people that know how to bless the Lord at all times. Good times, average times, bad times, healthy times, coronavirus times. The market is up. The market is down. I will bless the Lord at all times. Don't let what's happening in our world steal your praise. Psalm 22 and verse 3 says God inhabits the praises of his people. God, another version says God enthrones the praises of his people. That, that simply mean God, means God sits on the praises of his people. God shows up when people praise the Lord. And what we need in our city, what we need in our state, what we need in our nation, what we need in our world is the presence of the Lord to flood this place and to touch the hearts and lives of people so God's people need to worship 
You need to praise. Don't let this season steal your worship. Matter of fact, I'm kind of an application preacher. No matter where you're sitting right now, what location, in your home, in a coffee shop, watching the message archived, let's just take a 15-second praise break. And let's just somebody worship God and say, God, I will bless the Lord at all times. Your praise will continually be on my lips. I will magnify the Lord. I will bless the Lord. No coronavirus, nothing happening in our world is going to take my worship away. It's going to take my praise away. I will bless the Lord. I will magnify the Lord. I will lift up the name of Jesus because I am going to worship and not worry. Worship, 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 worship. Don't worry. Number four is this. Number four is this. There's a fourth right choice and that is choose service over selfishness. Choose service over selfishness. I'll tell you as I meditated on this portion of scripture Friday and I did a whole lot yesterday, just a lot of studying and meditating. This scripture, it just blew my mind as I read it. I want you just to read this with fresh eyes. I've read Acts so many times, and yet it just jumped off the pages to me. Just a fresh perspective as I read it yesterday. Acts 16 verse 27 says, the jailer woke up. This is after their chains have fallen. The prison doors swung open and the jailer was asleep when all this happened. He woke up and he saw the prison doors open. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted when he saw him about to kill himself. He says, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Here, here they are, that they've been worshiping, they're praying to God, they're singing hymns, they've been beaten, they're, they're suffering, they've been bleeding, they're wounded. And man, as they're worshiping, God shows up when his people worship and God showed up in such a tangible way. The shackles fell off their ankles and the prison doors opened. But instead of running out that prison doors, they stayed. And they said, hey, 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 don't kill yourself. We're here. Now, if that would have been the majority of us and those shackles would have fallen off us, those prison's doors would have opened. We said, Woo, the Lord has moved. Peace, my brother. We would get out of there. Huh? Praying for you to get saved, man. Praying. God bless you and your family. But I want you to think they had the moment to run away but they said no we're going to serve not be selfish and they actually stayed when they could have ran and the bible goes on to say this in verse number 30 he he then brought them out and asked sirs what must i do to be saved you mean in the midst of difficult times in the midst of pain in the midst of they were beaten in the midst of this tragedy it wasn't even fair 
people began to be saved. Verse 31 says they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. I love this. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Wow, wow, wow. When the jailer saw the jail cell open, he thought, I got to kill myself. I got to take my life. Paul said, don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't, don't do it. We're all here. Some of us would have said, yeah, kill yourself now. I got to get out of here. Paul said, I'm going to serve and not be selfish. And that day, that man and his entire household was saved. Because understand the church's finest hour has always been in times of crisis. It's always our finest hour. If we choose service over selfishness, God will use us in this season to see many people come to faith in Jesus Christ. Church, hear your pastor. This isn't the time to stream back and hide. This isn't the time to panic. This isn't the time to see if you can buy up all the toilet paper and run for the hills. This isn't the time. I'm not telling you to be unwise. Wash your hands. Use sanitizer. If you're elderly and especially elderly with a sickness, be, be careful, be wise. Stay away from sick people. If you're sick, stay home. Like I'm not telling you to be unwise. But I'm also not telling you that, God, God, gang, this is the hour. I'm not telling us to run and hide. I'm telling you God wants to leverage this moment for the church to share the good news of Jesus Christ. People are going to come to faith in Jesus. They're looking for answers. They're running everywhere. People don't know what to do. I'm running into people. They're just, they're just weirded out. They're, 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 they're panicking. They're not sure what to do. And man, I've got the answer. I got something that will give you hope. That'll give you peace. That'll calm your nerves. His name is Jesus. And I'm telling you, just like Paul and Silas, they looked for the opportunity. They looked for an opportunity in the middle of the chaos. They looked for an opportunity to share their faith. And we have to do the same thing. I, I want to give you just three ways to serve people in this season. Three ways to serve people. This is important, church. Application. Three ways to serve people in this season. Number one, serve people by choosing to apply this message. Hear me. This is so important for us. Here's how you can serve people. Choose faith over fear. When everybody says, ah, you choose faith over fear. Hear me online. Choose faith over fear. Choose prayer over panic. Prayer over panic. You can, you can serve people. If you choose prayer over panic, choose worship over worry. Just make a, some of you, you've been, <laughs> worship over worry, worship over worry. Apply this message, worship over worry. And then choose service over selfishness, service over selfishness. I'm going to talk to you about that. Here's the second way to serve people. Serve people by sharing your faith in Christ. Serve people. Tomorrow at work. 
as you're interacting with people, you're in conversations. Hey, how, how, ask someone, how are you doing? What do you think about what's happening? And God's going to, if you are looking, there's going to be so many opportunities. Man, I'm struggling. I'm scared. People are, I'm nervous. I don't know what to do. Gosh, I said, and you just start getting conversation. Did you see the news? Did you hear that? Like, yeah, I did. Isn't it's, it's just kind of wild times, isn't it? I just tell you what, what I'm doing, and I, it's, it's really been helping me. You know, I, I, I've got a Bible verse that I've just been reading. Really? It's been really helping you? Like, yeah, yeah, it's been really helping me. And I've just been praying. Really? You think like prayer's helping you? Work? It works. Yeah, it's, it's really been helping me. Man, I, I think it'll help you. Can, can I pray for you? Is there? Hey, man, have you ever, have you ever just given your, given your life to Christ and just trusted him? Because I tell you, he's given me so much peace. What I'm saying is look for opportunities because it's easy to get selfish. Oh, I just need some sanitizer. I got to get some Clorox wipes. Oh gosh, what am I going to do? Oh, did you hear about the economy? And Paul and Silas said, there's an opportunity. And we're going to share our faith. We're going to serve you by sharing our faith. Number three is this. Number three is this. Serve people by meeting tangible needs. By meeting tangible needs. Where we are listening to the wisdom of our government officials, community leaders, and health professionals on how we can best help in this season. I have no clue what will happen in the days ahead. But one thing I do know is people's church will position ourselves to help hurting, broken, lost, and confused people. We're not shrinking back. We will make a difference in the lives of people in this season. We're, we're looking. We're going to make a difference. We're going to step up when people tell us, we need your help here. We're going to step up and help. We're going to show up and make a difference. We're going to leverage our resources, our time, our finances to make a difference. Difference. Matter of fact, I, I called an emergency executive team meeting on Friday. That's typically my day off. Several of our executives are off on Fridays as well, but we met on Friday. And one of the things we just talked about is how do we best move forward to make a difference? How do, how do we best move forward? And one of the things that we decided as an executive team is that this year we're going to cancel our Easter land because we want to be in position to meet the needs in our city in Indianapolis and in Oklahoma City as they arise. And we realize there's thousands of hours of man time. There's thousands of dollars of resources that we're going to look for. Now, I don't know what the days ahead, what, what, what will happen. I don't know if schools will, 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 will not meet for another week or two after spring. I, I don't know. All I know is if they don't, and there are hungry kids in our community who, don't, who are depending on school lunches and school breakfast, and we need to, we need to help them eat, we're going we're to find a way. Who do we partner with to help people? We are the church, and we're here for the world. We're the church. And God has blessed us with thousands of dollars that we can use to impact the lives of people. He blessed us with time and talent to impact people. I don't know. Maybe downtown people are struggling in, 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 with the economy and, and no, no, no NBA games and people depending on resources. And, and might we have to help? And I don't know what we'll have to do. Do we have to open up a food pantry? Do we have to get, get some you to bring non-perishable items and partner with the organization to feed people and to help people? I don't know how we're going to step in. But I want you to know we are not 
choosing selfishness. We're choosing service and we're positioning ourselves to make a difference in our city. We are the church. We're the church. We're not going to choose selfishness. We're going to serve our city and meet the needs of people and be the hands and feet of Jesus. We are the church.